0: So, as you prayed the words of that song, uh, where are you today with that prayer? That prayer of submission. uh, That prayer that calls upon us to relinquish our control of our lives and our situations, the things that are coming our way. I don't know about you, but I need a lot of help with that. I need some supernatural help with that. This leads us, really, to the last sermon in this series that we've called, Can't Live Without Them. And when you look at this picture, you look at this title graphic that you've stared at for the last few months, the relationship that we're going to talk about today, I think, embodies this picture more than any other relationship. As we navigate life, we truly need help, and God has given us the church and God has given us these special relationships that sharpen us and encourage us and really help us along the way. Here are the list of names that we've looked at uh, one final time, and I've included the one we're going to look at today there at the end. I'm not going to go through these again. I'll just give you a couple of seconds to, to look at all these. But I hope that as, as you've uh, worked through these, I hope that you've been able to identify uh, the different types of relationships in the flesh. Who is your Jonathan, for instance? Uh, Who's your Zacchaeus? Who's your Herod? And hopefully, as we've identified these, it's given us a better appreciation for really the gift that the church is in our lives. But this morning, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit. We do need help to be the people God has called us to be. That really is the story of the gospel. God has done for us through Christ what we could not do for ourselves because God is really the chief character in the play. Uh, This is God's project. This is God's kingdom. Uh, This is God's mission, and God carries out that mission through His Spirit. So, when you read Scripture, there are so many different facets of the Holy Spirit that come out. Even in the very opening of of the Bible, you have the story of creation and how the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit, the wind, the breath of God was hovering over the waters. And the Spirit, in a sense, is doing the same thing now. There's a, a preparatory work that the Spirit is doing in our lives. But also the Spirit bears fruit in our lives, both individually and also corporately as the Brentwood Oaks Church of Christ. It's the work of the Spirit among us that helps us, as we talked about last week, conform to the image of Jesus. But what I want to focus on this morning is this idea of the Holy Spirit in mission. God is very much missionary God. God is the sending God. God sends us out through the work of the Spirit. And, of course, the best place to go is the book of Acts. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8. Acts is the fifth book of the New Testament. It is the fifth gospel, as some people refer to it. The fifth gospel, it's volume two of the gospel of Luke. So Luke spends a lot of time in the gospel of Luke. Uh, investigating all the different stories of Jesus. And Luke is the the storytelling gospel. It is the gospel that is filled with joy and a reversal of fortunes as one of its themes brought about through Christ. But also, Luke is the Gentile mission. It's the Gentile gospel. It's, It's Jesus coming as a sacrifice, not just for Israel, but for the whole world. And that continues in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the continuing ministry of Jesus through the church uh, by the Spirit. We are—we have a ministry here called the hands and feet of Jesus. That is who we are as the people. And all that's done by God's presence, God's Spirit among us. Well, the book of Acts, as you work through this, uh, this book... Many of the acts of the, the Holy Spirit reflect and are connected to what Jesus was doing. Uh, so you can read how the Spirit comes with wondrous signs, authenticating God's presence. Uh, the Spirit empowers the proclamation of the kingdom and the gospel. It's the Spirit that really connects us to the searchers, to the outsiders, and incorporating them into the family And we'll see that this morning in our sermon text. Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 26. So hear the word of God from this story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Acts 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. Go over and join the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer, is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. Verse 34. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. And I hear the old King James, what hindereth me from being baptized? What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. So I stumbled upon a video this week of an engineer who was interviewed about the development of an automated glider and he was running into some challenges. He couldn't keep the glider up in the air and so to solve this problem he went to nature. He looked at the birds and how they were able to stay up in the air for long periods of time, Uh, the migrating birds in particular. They, of course, have a formation that helps. But if, if birds were left to just flap their wings to stay up in the air, well, their muscles would tire out pretty quickly. So, birds, amazingly, are experts at soaring and gliding and using the wind and the air currents to their advantage. In particular, birds are very sensitive to updrafts and thermal air currents, those those pockets of warm air that really provide lift for these perfectly designed creatures. So when a bird like a hawk, for instance, hits these pockets of warm air, they spread their wings and let the wind fill their sails, so to speak. They glide using the power of the air current And this engineer saw this, studied this, and he noticed that whenever his glider would hit these pockets of air, it would run into turbulence and the glider was not able to stay up in the air. But after studying the birds, the engineer designed the glider to actually use the updrafts and use those thermal air currents just like a bird would. And something he said caught my attention. He said, when it comes to staying in the air... It is so much better to go with the flow of the wind rather than struggle against it. It's so much better to go with the flow of the wind. You know, I'm thinking about the early church. I wonder how long the early church would have been able to stay up in the air if they were left to their own devices and their own strength to carry out their mission. Well, we know what would have happened. Uh, We have an experiment. It's called the Old Testament. The story of God's people prior to the coming of the Messiah. God had given Israel all the advantages to carry out her mission. He gave them covenant promises that God initiated. He gave them a great deliverance story in the story of the Exodus. He gave them a law rules, commands to govern their lives for their benefit. He gave them festivals to remind them of their identity. He gave them this fertile land that they didn't really have to work for. It was given to them as a gift. They were given a priesthood to serve as mediators between the people and God. They were given a sacrificial system to atone for sin. They were given a temple of God's abiding presence. They were given prophets to help steer them in the right direction. They were given the kingship And the promises given to David, as we talked about in our Sunday morning classes this fall, that promise that David's royal line would go on forever. What more does Israel need? They were chosen by God for a mission to be a kingdom of priests to the nations. And yet we see, as we read their story, that they could not stay in the air. The human heart is corrupt. And they crashed. Over and over again, Israel crashed. So why would the early church be any different? They had this monumental task, it's the task before us today, the Great Commission, to go out and make disciples, students of the Lord Jesus Christ to all men, to, to teach a pagan world the commands of God. How would this tiny group carry out this mission in the face of something as monumental as the Roman Empire and the the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome ushered in by the Roman gods and by the, the Roman military might? How would this tiny group of followers stay in the air? Well, this is a good question to ponder this morning as we think about our mission here in North Austin, here at Brentwood Oaks. Unlike the early church, we are not a tiny minority in the face of a dominant pagan world. No, it seems like we're headed the opposite direction, if the statistics are correct. We are a massive group of people who are becoming more pagan. People, especially young people, are identifying more and more as what's called a non, N O N E, meaning there's no religious affiliation. Paganism or agnosticism or whatever you call it is actually the group that seems to be growing. And there are many people who are sounding the alarm bells that the church is hanging in the balance. That we're going to end up like our European counterparts, big, large cathedrals with a tiny handful of people worshiping. How are we going to stay up in the air, someone might ask. Right now, we are about 70 to 75 percent of where we were attendance-wise compared to where we were in 2019 pre-pandemic. But truth be told, in 2019, we were already experiencing a somewhat mild decline. One might say that not just Brentwood Oaks, but that churches here in the West, churches in America, have hit some turbulence. And the question is, how will we stay up in the air? Well, the answer comes in the book of Acts, a book about Wind, a book about air currents. We see two of these air currents with a man named Philip. He had just spent some time proclaiming the good news in Samaria, and he detects some pockets of air. An angel of the Lord tells him, Rise and go to that desert place, to that desert road. And Philip rose and went because Well, that's where the wind was taking him. And then there's another pocket of air that comes, this time from the very Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit says, go, Philip, join that chariot there on the desert road. And Philip doesn't just go, he sprints, because that's where the wind is taking him. The Spirit is connecting Philip, and I would say representative of the church, the Spirit is connecting him to a royal reject. Well, he was a royal official, no doubt. He was a believer in God, a God-fear. He had just gone to Jerusalem to worship. But I wonder how far the Ethiopian eunuch made it into the temple. The Torah really doesn't look kindly on eunuchs. In the book of Deuteronomy, one of Moses' parting words to the people before they enter into the promised land, he says that eunuchs were not allowed to enter into the assembly of the Lord. That's Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 1. Eunuchs were not allowed in. This man was not allowed into the assembly of the Lord. But he has this scroll of Isaiah, and the scroll says, Like a sheep was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shear was silent. He doesn't know whom Isaiah is talking about, but one man does. The man who is sprinting to the chariot, the man who has been taken there by the wind, the man who can solve the riddle, the man who has good news for the eunuch. And I wonder if the eunuch, with that scroll that he had, had a few chapters down the road. Isaiah chapter 56. The chapters weren't labeled. But in Isaiah chapter 56, verses 4 and 5, this is what the prophet says. And think about how the eunuch would hear this. To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Truth be told, we don't know what Philip told the Ethiopian eunuch, but I have to believe that this passage would have been included in the sermon. It certainly would have been good news for the outsider to be given a place in the Lord's house and among the Lord's family, to be given an everlasting name, to be given the the good news that he will not be cut off from the family anymore. That is the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the one through whom the broken ones find healing and the lost sheep find a home. But none of this would have happened. None of this ever would have happened. The conversation, the subsequent baptism, none of this would have happened without the direction and the prompting And the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in this final sermon in the series, hear these words. Everyone needs the Holy Spirit. Everyone needs supernatural help. When we think about our mission here in North Austin, there are a lot of things that we could be doing, some good things, We could be doing a lot of work, a lot of flapping of our wings, if you will, and we are called to flap our wings. We could do a deep dive into demographics. We could hire consultants. We could create more programs. We could invest heavily in our marketing and grow our internet presence. We could focus on evangelism trainings and mission campaigns. We could come up with a long list of activities, and many of them would be worth doing and pursuing. But the truth is, there are eunuchs out there eunuchs who come in all different shapes and sizes and different forms. The single mom who's overwhelmed by all of her responsibilities. The young family, living paycheck to paycheck. Young men and women who are experiencing brokenness and estrangement from their families because of addiction, because of their sin. There are people within a few miles of us who are so desperate for good news. When we read the book of Acts and especially the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, I wonder if the most important thing that we could be doing, our highest priority as the people of God here at Brentwood Oaks, is to sharpen our sensitivity to those updrafts and to the thermal air currents of the Holy Spirit among us. Because it seems to me that if the church is going to stay in the air with this mission that God's entrusted to us, it will be spirit-led and spirit-saturated as God connects us to the broken and the lost and the sin-sick right next to us. Or as the engineer building that automated glider said, when it comes to staying in the air." It's so much better to go with the flow of the wind than to struggle against it. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is active among us. Where is God leading us this morning? With whom is God connecting us to as we look outside of our walls? Well, this morning we have an example of this. We have a woman with us who is coming forward to be baptized. She's been with us for some time, Paige Hill. Paige came to us through many different avenues. She came to us through a tragedy, through neighbors. She came to us through studying with one of our ministers and his wife. She came to us to this moment through a book written by one of our members, Preparing for Baptism, written many years ago, a book that's had a lasting impact on many people here. But ultimately, Paige comes to this moment because God is drawing her to himself by his spirit. One person plants, another person waters but it is God who gives the increase. This is God's project. This is God's kingdom. This is God's mission. We truly are joining in with what God is already doing. That's good news. The pressure is not all on our shoulders. The burden is on God And our burden is to go where He is leading us. If you would like to respond to the invitation this morning, we invite you to come as we stand and sing.